Hey, thanks, uh, Matt. And uh, we uh, really do uh, appreciate uh, all of the resources that have been released to uh, the Psalm 46 Fund, and we just thank you so much uh, for that. I appreciate the fact that we started this service uh, today with uh, a confession as Trevor led us. And I've got a confession uh, i got to make uh, right now, and that is I've got issues. And people right now in the room are going, amen, and there you go. So let me tell you one of the issues that I have. Um, I'm a planner. I, I plan to make plans, and then I plan to review plans. I'm plan, plan, plan. I'm with people that make plans. I demand that other people uh, make plans. People in the room uh, right now that you can't see are saying to themselves, people, you have no idea. I'm constantly making different kinds of plans. I am just uh, a planner. And um, I know that some of you are not uh, planners. Uh, I get that. I, I guess that's okay. But when uh, planners and non-planners uh, come together, uh, there can be uh, storms uh, sometimes. Uh, for example, uh, my wife is not a planner. Uh, by any stretch of the imagination, uh, she is not a planner. My wife doesn't even wear a wristwatch. We've been married for almost uh, 42 years. And uh, when we first got together, uh, she taught me a brand new word. I really never applied this word to my life uh, before. And here's the word, spontaneous. Oh, my gosh. Like, I do not do spontaneous I don't, uh, I don't wander. I don't do those kind of things. Everything I do uh, kind of demands a, a plan. And we have had struggles in our marriage like our whole lives uh, because uh, we're just completely uh, different. Let me give you an example. We were on vacation once and we went to Yellowstone Park. I don't know if you've ever been there. It was like fantastic. And uh, as we went into this kind of huge uh, pavilion at Yellowstone Park, uh, there was this... Uh, can you walk in this big, massive room, and there are all these shops along the way, all these kind of little knick-knack kind of tourist places. And uh, as soon as we walked into this area, we were walking together, and uh, I, just, I just like froze. I just froze. And my wife, uh, she just kept walking. And then pretty soon, she realized that I'm not behind her. And then she turned around and walked back at me, and she goes, like, what's wrong? And I said, well, look at all these options we have. I mean, there's like 100,000 options in here. And then the storm erupts. It's like, it was like a low pressure and a high pressure zone come together. And it was just like a massive storm right then. We weren't on vacation anymore. We were doing real, real conflict right there, man. She just froze. I froze. And she just kept looking at me. And she said, this is the difference between you and me. I just want to wander around and see what's going on. And you have to have a plan. I don't do spontaneous. I don't wander. I make plans. And for those of us who make plans... COVID-19 has just crashed into our planner. 
just crash into our calendar and it's, everything is just blown up. But I'm going to push back a little bit to those of you who are like my wife and don't even wear a wristwatch and don't make plans at all, that uh, COVID-19 has messed up your world uh, too because all of us kind of make plans, right, to... Uh, put the kids, uh, they go off to school, or we have to plan about when we're going to get our hair cut, or we're going to plan about when we're going to the store, we make plans about going to different places. So all of us have made those kind of plans, even people who say they're not planners. And COVID-19 has come in and has just blown up our plans. And it's caused some real frictions in our marriages, and it's caused some real friction in our lives. Some of the plans that have just blown up should cause us to do nothing but just grieve, just grieve. I mean, there are people who are planning on graduating from high school, planning on graduating from college, planning on graduating from graduates. All of the graduations, you guys, that have been put on hold or they're just not going to happen, we... We just have to, can you imagine, you guys? We just have to grieve that for those people. Unbelievable. We need to grieve for people who uh, had a wedding plan. They were either going to get married or they were going to attend a wedding. We just need to grieve for people who those plans are just kind of whoosh, they just blew up. I grieve and I encourage you to grieve for people who. Um, are in senior care places. And uh, many of us want to visit our loved ones, our parents, our grandparents who are in senior care, memory care facilities. We make plans to do that. We want to be with them. And we can't be with them anymore. And many of the people that are in senior care are very confused. They have no idea. Like, what is happening? We just have to like, like just grieve that. And then... <laughs> People who have lost jobs. I mean, so many people who have lost jobs. And all of the plans that you had, that you were going to do because you had a job, now that you don't have a job anymore, that's blown up. People who have saved for a, a rainy day, people who have saved for retirement, those plans have just blown up. So many plans have just blown up like that. The first and the best response is just to grieve. And many of us, need to grieve the fact that just the regular routines in our life, regular routines in our life, things that we kind of count on, that's just been blown up too. Many of you count on the fact that every spring I stand up here in front of you and say, this could be the year that comes. I didn't do that this year. Why? Because, well, no baseball. We have regular rhythms in our life. This is spring. This is the time to uh, watch baseball. This is the time uh, to uh, go to the prom. This is the time for graduations. This is the time for all. And those things are just kind of, they just don't happen anymore. And we, we're just grieving. Everything is different now. Everything completely strange. It's just like strange. In fact, I'm kind of just looking around this room right now, and it's just strange. I mean, this room's empty right now. And I don't know if you knew this or not, but the day that this actually is being taped, it's actually Thursday. It's actually Thursday. 
you're watching it on a Sunday, but it's actually Thursday now. So it's like weird. Like what? My Sundays have become Thursdays, and I don't even like what is going on. In fact, did you see this uh, on social media? I thought this was kind of. Today is Blur's Day, the 14th of April, April, whatever. I mean, we don't even know what day it is. We don't, the rhythms of the week. Fridays don't feel like Fridays anymore. Mondays don't feel like Mondays. Sundays don't feel like Sundays. It's just like very strange. How do you make plans when everything is so uncertain? That's what we're going to talk about today. Go ahead and take your Bibles and turn to James uh, chapter 4. James chapter 4 as we talk about planning in uncertain times. We are continuing uh, in our series, uh, as Matt said, and the series is called uh, Take Heart. And we, um, we get the name for this series from a verse in uh, the book of John, chapter 16, verse 33. Here is the verse. Jesus says, in this world... You will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome uh, the world. So we ask you guys to memorize that. So have you done that? Let's uh, look at it real quick. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. Take that off the screen. Say it with me. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. What? I have overcome the world. Put it back up on the screen. You guys can work on that. In this world, you have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Today we want to talk about how we can take heart even when we make uh, plans. James chapter 4, verse 13. James 4, verse 13. You're going to need a Bible. We're not going to put it on the screen right now. You need a Bible. Here you go. James 4, James 4, verse 13. Here we go. Now listen, you who say... Today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. (laughs) Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. Man, is that true? (laughs) What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Wow, there's a lot there. So let's unpack it. Uh, slowly. First, let's look at verse uh, 13. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. And James is writing to people who have some wealth. They have the ability, they're either men or women. Um, We knew that women had the ability to uh, own things too. We know that from the book of Acts and and Lydia. She had money and women were entrepreneurs just like men were. And they had opportunities, men and women, to go someplace and, and make money. And James is writing to people like that. You make plans. There's nothing wrong with that. We should be making plans. But James, did you notice, he calls those plans arrogant schemes. He said, go down to verse 16. 
As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. Arrogant schemes is English and translates uh, this uh, Greek word, alazonia. Alazonia is false pride, bragging of one's own control of events. In Greek literature outside of the New Testament, an alazone is someone who's full of themselves and they're very confident about the plans that they make. Alazonias. I tell you what, this uh, COVID-19 has revealed that in my heart, that's for sure, that I make proud schemes and things. Let me tell you about uh, a, a kind of a plan that I made. Back uh, when COVID uh, became a reality uh, to all of us, remember that's the first weeks of uh, March. In fact, do you remember uh, March 8th? Uh, March 8th was the last time our church gathered together in the evening and we had a special congregational meeting and the whole purpose of that meeting was uh, that we would elect the next senior pastor. And by like 99%, everybody voted in favor of Matt Metzger. He's going to be a great uh, senior pastor. Look forward to that. That's 424 days from now, if anyone is actually counting. So the plan was that uh, hopefully you guys would say yes to him. And then uh, Matt and I were going to go out to California like that next week. Uh, because every year in March, every year for 20 years, a group of us in our denomination, senior pastors, only senior pastors, go to this place in Southern California, and uh, we, this is where we connect with each other, and we make great friendships, and it's just a great help to us as uh, pastors. We were going to go out there, but COVID happened, and that plan just blew up, and I was so angry about that. I was so angry. Because I, I just thought this would be great for me to spend time with Matt. The co-piloting thing will start kind of beginning. And man, that just blew up. And I was just so angry. Why was I angry? Because I thought I made a plan. We spent some money. We're going to go there. It's got to happen. James would call that, no, it could be arrogant. Like I presume trip's going to happen. And James is saying that that kind of presumption uh, isn't right because, and then look at verse 14, why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. There are a lot of truths in the Bible that are hard to swallow. That's not one of them. I mean, COVID-19 has really proved that, right? I mean, we don't know what... Let's play a little game. Let me play a little game right now with you. Here you go. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question, and here's the answer. The answer is, I don't know. Let's do the game, okay? The answer is... What's the answer? The answer is, I don't know. The answer is, I don't know. Here's the question. What's going to happen tomorrow? The answer is... Let's do that again. What's going to happen tomorrow? The answer is, I don't know. You don't know. We don't know what will happen tomorrow. Why don't we know? We don't have any control over the future. We are like, what does James say we're like? He says that you are a mist that happens for a little while and then vanishes. Here's a picture of a Wisconsin uh, mist. James says that's what we're uh, like. We're like a mist. You see it? It looks real, but then it's... uh, it, it's gone. It, it, it vanishes. Now, I can't conjure up a mist here uh, on the platform, 
but I can make some bubbles. Any uh, grandfather uh, worth his salt knows how to make uh, bubbles. So uh, here we go. I'm going to make some bubbles right now. Here we go. Yeah, this is not like a mist, but our life is like this. It's like a bubble. Here we go. Try to do that a little better. Come on, Chris, do that better, better. There you go. There, there's that. That's my life right there. I was born in 1956, and I'm alive today. Oh, I'm gone. Oh, that's your life right there. Boom, boom. That's what James is saying. Our life is, it's like a mist. It's like a bubble. It's here, and then uh, it's gone. I'm going to be forgotten. You're going to be forgotten. Hey, welcome to Blackhawk Church. Aren't you glad you tuned in today? You're going to be forgotten. Just like you forgot uh, the people who lived uh, in your family 100 years ago, your great-great-grandfather or his brother or sister, you don't even remember their uh, names or you don't remember. We don't even remember major things that took place. Before COVID-19, very few Americans were even aware that there was a great pandemic in 1918, just 100 years ago. And that pandemic in 1918, oh my gosh, it was a lot worse than what we're going through uh, right now. Let me read a quote from a really great book called The Great Influenza by John uh, Berry. In 1918, an influenza virus emerged, probably in the United States, that would spread around the world Before that worldwide pandemic faded away in 1920, it would kill more people than any other outbreak in human history. The lowest estimate of the pandemic's worldwide death toll is 21 million in a world with a population less than one-third today's. And to do a comparison as of uh, right now, Uh, now, this weekend, uh, the worldwide death toll of this pandemic, the one we're going through right now, is 250,000. A hundred years ago, the lowest estimate was 21 million. And most of us don't even know anything about that. It's forgotten. Like you can't remember the name of your great-great-great-grandfather. You'll be forgotten. A hundred years from now, this pandemic we're going through will be forgotten. Why? James says it's like we're like, a, we're like a mist. Our impact on the timeline of history is like a bubble. James also tells us that um, presumptuous, proud planning is foolish because, well, only God is in control of things. Did you see that? In verse 15. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. So only God is sovereign. Only God is in control of what's going to happen tomorrow. The Bible is filled with verses about that. Here are a couple in Proverbs. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes uh, their steps. Here's another one. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. God is sovereign, James is saying, and you're not. So, well... Should we just not make any plans at all? No, 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 no. It's okay to make plans. He's saying, yeah, it's all, it's all right to make plans. Look what he says uh, in uh, the next verse. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. There's nothing wrong with planning. 
We should make plans. People in the Bible make, Moses makes plans, David makes plans, Jesus makes plans, Paul makes plans. Nothing wrong with planning. The issue here that James is getting to in the context of James 4 is that we should not be proud planners. If you scan your eyes back up to verse 6, you'll see this verse. But he gives us more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Let me ask Blackhawk Church, have you ever heard that verse before? God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. James is saying that presumptuous, proud planning is proud planning. That's the problem. Another way of saying something like this is when we make plans, we should plan in pencil, not in ink. Make plans. Plans are good. But make them in pencil. Don't hold on to them so tightly. People who uh, make plans, important plans, people who are great leaders, they have learned that, yeah, planning is very important. It builds team and helps you strategize. But we can't hold on to those plans like they're solid. Planning is important. But sometimes those plans are going to blow up. Here's a Classic quote from General Dwight D. Eisenhower. Have you ever heard of him? He made a plan. It's called D-Day. Do you ever hear of that plan? This is what Eisenhower says years later. Plans are worthless, (laughs) but planning is everything. There is a very great distinction because when you are planning for an emergency, you must start with this one thing. The very definition of emergency is that it is unexpected. Therefore, it is not going to happen the way you are planning. Another way of saying plans are worthless is planning and plans are not the same thing. They're not the same thing. Planning is very crucial. It's very important. I make plans with uh, our strategic leadership team. I make plans uh, with our staff team. We make plans all the time. But we have to be able to let those plans uh, go. For some of us, our plans become, that's the, that's the thing. We grab onto that, and we can't let go of those plans. And that's the problem. We work hard to put a plan together. Planning is good. But it's that plan. Yeah, you don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. You might have to let that plan go. Most of you know uh, that come to Blackhawk that uh, every summer I try to go canoeing uh, in the Quetico in uh, Canada. Here's uh, one of my favorite uh, pictures. That is heaven uh, right there. And when we uh, go on these trips, sometimes we take um, people who have never been uh, in a wilderness experience before. And when we uh, take what we call newbies uh, with us, uh, we always tell them that, hey, you know, we're going to leave on such and such a day and, and we're going to be back on, let's say, a Thursday, but you should plan nothing on that Friday because, well, the weather happens and we're not in control of the weather. I remember not too long ago we were on a trip like this and a squall came up and uh, the, 
the lake was nasty and the water was coming over the gunnels and man, we just dove right into a cove. There's no way we were going to go across that big open uh, area of water. And uh, somebody was kind of upset because uh, he had made plans that, you know, we were going to get home a certain time. We said, no, 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 we told you, you have to have an insurance day because we're not in control of the weather. What COVID-19 has taught all of us, those of us who are planners and those of us who are not planners, that we're not in control here. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. James then closes with uh, this last verse, verse 17. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it's sin for them. That's an odd way to end uh, the passage. What was James saying? Well, he's saying, therefore, therefore, uh, if, if you're a, a presumptuous, proud planner, even though your life is like a bubble, even though you're not in control of tomorrow, you're acting like God. You're acting like some kind of control freak. That's like sin. And you should confess that. Planning is good. We need to make plans. But we also need to remember that we are not God and we're like a mist. We come and we go. Only God knows what's going to happen tomorrow. If it's the Lord's will, then we'll do this or that. Right now at the end of uh, this talk, I want to lead us in a closing prayer. I'll do three things. First, I want us to um, just collectively just collectively grieve together for the, uh, all the plans, <laughs> all the plans that have just blown up, all those graduations that are not happening, those weddings that are not happening, the jobs that have been lost, all of those things that we planned on, just to just, just grieve that. And then second, I'm going to lead us in a time of confession. And for a planner like me, it's pretty easy uh, because I have sinned in my arrogant scheming. scheming. And then last, I want to lead us in a time when we we're asking God for wisdom as we make plans. If you're asking yourself, hey, Pastor Chris, when is it going to get back to normal? If by normal you mean what it was like in early March or February, good luck with that, you guys. That's not going to happen. What we're going through now is not like a, 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 a really bad blizzard and it's going to be over and we'll just wait for it to be over and then we'll get back to normal. That's not happened, you guys. Normal is gone. Normal is gone. Well, what's, what's next? How can we plan? What's going to happen tomorrow? The answer is, I don't know. So let me lead us in this time of prayer. Father, we, we just pray right now for comfort from you, for the, for the weight of of grief 
that so many of us feel, the anger that so many of us feel for plans that we have made that have just blown up. Father, we pray that you would help us uh, through this grieving process. And grief is so complex. We all grieve in different kinds of ways. And some of us are still angry. Some of us are depressed. Some of us just don't even want to talk to you. We pray, Father, that you would help us grieve and to grieve well. We grieve, Father, for so many of the wonderful things, life-giving things that are just not going to happen. And Father, those of us who are planners, uh, we just have to confess. Uh, This is a hard message for us to listen to. Because uh, our role in life is that we've got to make plans and we, those plans have blown up and we've got angry. But we realize that it, it might have been that we have thought too much of ourselves and we forgot that we are like a bubble, like a mist. We acted like we know for sure what's going to happen tomorrow, and yet, yeah, we don't. So we just confess. I confess, just myself, that sin of arrogance. Father, we pray for wisdom. We pray, Father, that you would give us wisdom as individuals, as families. We pray, Father, you would give us uh, wisdom as uh, we seek to uh, plan for the future. Some of us are um, in processes of trying to take care of people living in senior care. Some of us are in a process of thinking about a new career. Some of us are in the process of wondering where our income is going to come from. Some of us are in desperate straits. And before we just run off and make a plan, we pray, Father, that you would give us humility, that you give us wisdom. It's in disruptive times like this that we need to depend upon you more than any other times. And we pray, Father, you'd give us humility and wisdom. And we pray this in Christ's name. For the sake of his reputation, all God's people said.